clutter. Clutter isn't just the stuff on the floor. It's anything that gets between you and the life you want to be living. Peter Walsh. From his book, It's All Too Much. In this episode, we talk about decluttering your clutter. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. It's said that most of us learn our organizational skills from our parents. If that's true, it would explain a lot with me. My dad's very organized, but he's got a lot of stuff. And my mom doesn't have a lot of stuff, but she's pretty disorganized. Well, at least when it comes to her filing and clutter. So I grew up with a lot of clutter. I didn't know how to organize my space. And this is a very valuable thing that I think parents need to teach their kids. It wasn't until I was an adult that I recognized that all the clutter that I had in my house, in my car, in my closet, on my desk was causing me a ton of stress. And in so many ways, because often I wouldn't start doing what I needed to do because I felt like I needed to clear up my space. And if you're not good at decluttering, you're just moving things around. And you're moving things around takes forever because you're never getting rid of stuff. So you're always just moving things around, procrastinating, getting to the things you need to get to. And it sits there in the back of your mind, even as you're working on that project or cooking dinner or doing the laundry. The clutter that's everywhere else in your life is present and active in your subconscious mind, creating stress and anxiety and worry, and in some cases, depression. Since that time, I've learned how to declutter not just my space, but my life. In order for Brett and I to live the life that we wanted to be living, we had to do some major decluttering. And I had to learn how to declutter a lot of areas of my life first. Well, actually, first I learned how to declutter my space. And then it became really apparent how good that felt. (laughs) I mean, it feels really, really good. And then I started to apply it to all the other areas of my life, like people I didn't necessarily need taking up space in my life. And I know that might sound bad or negative or mean or cruel or crass, But I'm not apologizing for that statement. It doesn't mean that I don't love someone or have respect for them. I just don't need every human being. Life is too short to have your life cluttered with obligations you don't enjoy fulfilling, responsibilities that you signed up for a long time ago but have nothing to do with the life that you want to live. You see, clutter is just a way of distracting ourselves. So while most people think of clutter as the pile of laundry, or the extra knickknacks around your house, the things that are in the living room that really belong in the kitchen. But clutter defined is anything that distracts you from living the life that you want to live, from doing the things you know you need to do. But most importantly, things. Like, let's start with just things. It was where I had to start. I had to start by learning how to figure out how to declutter my space because When your space is cluttered, your head is cluttered. Every time you walk past a piece of paper that you know is out of place, that you know needs to be filed, you can walk past it, but if your eyes even catch a glimpse of it, that requires your brain to make a decision. 
And that split second decision, even though you think you've just walked past it and ignored it, you actually made a decision to ignore that piece of paper. And every single time you make a decision, your brain has to use glucose or energy to make that decision. So if all day long you're seeing loads and piles and heaps of clutter, just things that you know need to be taken care of or gotten rid of or found a home or donated or organized, all of that is draining your brain. And when you drain your brain, you drain your physical and your emotional energy. And no wonder you can't get to the things that really matter. And so often, it is our clutter that's holding us hostage from the life that we deserve to be living. I think sometimes people find it peculiar that I make such a big deal about decluttering. I think it's one of the first things you need to do if you want to get your life in order. Before you go on a diet, before you figure out what exercise program you want to do, before you decide to look for a mate or build your business, you got to get this right. You've got to develop the habits and the systems that allow you to declutter once and for all, as opposed to scheduling it to happen two Sundays from now when it rains and you're going to spend eight hours decluttering one corner of your house. Now, I mean, we're going to get through this, but you've got to develop some systems. The systems are what keep it in place indefinitely so that this isn't just something you do every once in a while. It becomes part of who you are. A decluttered person is someone who has clarity, clarity of thought, clarity of mind, clarity of direction, clarity of spirit. I know quite a few pretty successful, really organized people. And ironically, those who are the most organized are the ones who often feel the least organized. Why? Because it's important to them. Bad parents don't even realize they're bad parents. They don't attend parenting workshops or buy books about parenting. And ironically, the parents who are the best parents are the ones who feel they have the most room for improvement because they want to be better. I already know you're very organized or you wouldn't be listening to personal development. You wouldn't be finding the time to spend this time with me. So you just have to accept you're more organized than most people. But I also know you have a desire to further simplify your life, to make things easier, to create systems and habits that help you to live that happier, fuller life. I also care very much about the level of stress that you carry around each day. And my mission in life is to help people live a life that's happier, fuller, easier. And one way I can help you to do this is by creating systems that cut down on the clutter and create more organization and simplicity for your life. Now, can I do that in one podcast? Probably not. Decluttering is a process, especially if you want it to stick so you don't end up feeling like you're in chaos ever again. So I'm asking you to join me, to join me on this journey to declutter. But my ask goes beyond you just listening to this episode. Here it is. If you live with another adult, I'm going to ask you to send this to them because decluttering is so much easier when we have the support and the education of the people that we spend the most time with. Now, if it's just you, congratulations. It's going to be a little easier, I hope. But I still have an ask. I want you to forward this episode to a friend. Why? Because it's going to keep you accountable. In the first of our series, I'm going to ask you just to focus on the clutter. I want you to just notice 
your physical space, the place where you're probably spending the most time. Now, if you work from home or you're a stay-at-home mom, well, you know where that place is. But maybe it's just a couple of rooms in your house or one room in particular. Or maybe you spend most of your time at the office and it's your car and your desk that are completely cluttered. Your only assignment after this episode is to begin to make a list. And in order to do this, you need to be aware without necessarily tackling anything yet. We'll cover that and how specifically to do it in an upcoming episode. But for now, what I want you to do is perhaps your Smart Life push journal or something that you're able to carry with you all the time. Even your smartphone is a great place to store this. But I want you to create one note where you begin to label the room or the space that's causing you the most anxiety and stress. And every time you think about it, you're like, ah, I just, I want to procrastinate. I can't handle this room. It's driving me crazy. Why does it always turn out this way? I need to attack this room first or this space. And I want you to list if there's more than one room, fine. Just begin to create this master list. And this list will prioritize later. But for now, it's just about being aware, being aware of how much these things are actually present in your mind, how much they're weighing on you, how much you're thinking about them and pushing them out of your thoughts, how much time and energy is spent. Even if the thoughts are fleeting, I want you to notice them and create this list, identifying the space and and maybe even a couple of notes about how that space makes you feel and what you wish that space felt like. So let me share with you my own example. For me, that was my closet. I knew I had to tackle my closet first. And I'm telling you, my closet has been a reflection of what's going on in my brain for years before I learned how to declutter permanently. My closet from the time I was about 13 years old was a giant mountain of clothes that I had tried on and thrown on the floor and tried on and thrown on the floor and then desperately looking for one of the first items I tried on that now I've decided to go back to frantically pawing it closed to turn the mountain upside down to find one article of clothing at the bottom of the pile. My closet represented my morning. Every morning, I went through the same ritual of hunting and digging and throwing and tossing and crumpling clothes and shoes and belts and accessories. And even when I did spend a weekend tackling my closet, there was no real system in place. Hangers were mismatched. Things were hung with a little bit of order only to last a couple of hours until the next time I was changing my outfit to go somewhere. It wasn't easy to find things. Nothing was organized. There were no systems in place. Even when everything was hung up and in its place, it still looked like a mess. And even if the end process, the end result was an outfit that I thought I looked really good in or I liked the way it looked, I didn't feel good because I knew that was waiting for me to return, number one. And number two, it felt like so much work to get to that place, to just get to an outfit that I liked the way that it looked that I was too exhausted to feel good about what I was wearing anyways. And again, all day long, I would think about the fact that I was going to have to go through this same ritual again the next morning. And then there was always that fear that somebody might come over and look in my closet and realize that I was a mess. I'm sure you're familiar with the term imposter syndrome. It's when what we're projecting to the world, we don't necessarily believe it ourselves. And we're constantly in a state of fear and panic that we're going to be found out, that people are going to uncover the fact that we're not the person we are representing ourselves to be. 
Well, for me, that was the disorganization, the mess, the chaos that was everywhere in my life at the time. I mean, I wouldn't even give somebody a ride in my car. When I was working as a paralegal at a law firm, I specifically remember a legal secretary who lived in my apartment complex asking if she could get a ride home from me that night from work, frantically trying to come up with an excuse because I would have been so embarrassed for her to see the inside of my car. And this went on for way too long. Part of the reason why clutter goes on way too long in the lives of organized people like you and like me is because we make excuses for it, because we accept it, because we haven't up-leveled our life. We say things to ourselves like, well, yeah, that's great. This person doesn't do anything else all day. They don't have kids. Of course, their home is going to be perfect. Well, my car is a mess because I'm so busy. I do so much more than the average person. I don't have time to like clean up every single thing out of my car. So we justify it as if everyone else isn't nearly as busy as we are. Your second assignment from this episode is to recognize that your clutter is actually creating more chaos and less time in your schedule. It's actually costing you time. In fact, the more responsibilities you have, the bigger your dreams, the more things you need to take care of, the more you've got going on, the more critical it is you get a hold of this and stop making excuses. If you want your life to go to the next level, which I know you do, if you want your mind to be calmer, if you want to have a life that has more peace involved, you've got to accept responsibility and change the habits that got you here. The only difference between you And that person who you so admire because everything is in its place and there's like no clutter, their home looks like a model home. The only difference between them and you are habits. And habits are something anyone can acquire, anyone can improve. All bad habits can be broken, but not until you change your beliefs. So your last and final assignment for this episode, and remember, there's only been two so far. Let's recap those. Number one was to create a place where you're going to keep an ongoing record, notes, if you will, about what areas you want to start with first that are causing you the most discord, distracting you, they're upsetting, and you're going to label those rooms, and you're also going to write a few notes about what you'd like those rooms to look like or those areas. Your number two assignment was simply to acknowledge that clutter is not okay. It's holding you back. It's holding your life hostage. It's a major barrier. It's not a little thing. It's not, oh, I've got this messy room in my house and it's not that big of a deal. No, it's a really big deal. And it's holding your life hostage. And it's something you can fix. It's within your control. You've got to take responsibility. And the number three assignment I have for you is to begin asking yourself, when and where you learned that living like this was okay, that you needed these things, that it was acceptable to leave things in a state of chaos, items and rooms they don't belong, mismatched, out of place, and overflowing. Where did you learn this behavior was acceptable? Because, you know, most of what we do as adults was role modeled to us. So, you know, hint, hint, you probably don't have to look very far to figure out where you've picked up on some of these bad habits. And now I'm going to ask you to do something that might not be that comfortable. I would just want you to recognize who you learn these things from, where you learn them from, 
and ask yourself if that's the life you want to live. And if the answer is no, well, then the good news is there's something you can do about it. And to be clear, I'm not talking about hoarding, which is actually a clinical diagnosis. It's recognized as a disorder, a mental disorder, often associated with anxiety and depression. It's really no different from any other addiction. People who are diagnosed as hoarders often start off as people who are just disorganized, had a lot of clutter and chaos. And then sometimes it turns into collecting. There's clutter and chaos, and then there becomes a compulsion to hang on to things, things that have no value, things you'll never wear again, you don't need, you don't want. And that compulsion leads to not just holding on to these things long after everyone else knows it's time to throw it away or give it away, but going out and buying more. And an overwhelming fear, a feeling that you're going to completely lose control if you have to give up, throw away, or donate any of these things. And I want to bring this up because it's no laughing matter. And if you suspect or feel like you might be headed down that path, or maybe you already know you are, I have to tell you, you've got to get help and you should get help. And you could save your life and you could, more importantly, save relationships. So if you or someone you love is suffering from this disorder, just know there's no shame in it. It's just like anything else. Seek help. Seek wise counsel. And I recommend you go to hoardingcleanup.com. All right. Next up in this series, we'll create a plan for you to begin creating peace, calm, and systems in your environment. That's next. Don't forget your three assignments, and please, sharing is caring, so do me a favor and send this podcast to someone you love. Send this to someone who you know, they're like you, they're a super organized person, and they would love to do this with you, because if you can text a friend while you're doing our first couple of assignments, and like send them photos or Snapchat them pictures while we're doing your closet, this is huge. This is going to change your life. I'm not kidding. Like I always tell people, man... Before you go on a diet, before you try to get the man, before you try to fix your marriage, all those things like clean up the clutter. What's going on in your environment is a direct reflection of the chaos that's happening in your brain. Together, we're going to clear up the clutter to define your vision, to clearly see your goals, and to make the life that you desire, the life that you deserve, make it a reality. Thank you for spending this time with me. Thank you for taking on this project with me. I love you and I'll talk to you soon. This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Life Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple to use 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to smartlifepushjournal.com.